With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash presale to get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games, exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. Well, I promised everybody a special guest for episode 69 of the PP1 podcast. And when I promise, I deliver. Do you, Ted, do you know who we got as a guest tonight? Is it me? It's not you. <laughs> it's not no, you. I have, no, I have no idea. I actually and, didn't know we had a guest. And I, we got a wicked prize from Players, Players Choice. Um, the, the wickedness is more of the big deal here, I think. So if you're ready, I'm going to unveil our guest. He's a little quiet. But I managed to get Pavel Bure to guest <laughs> on our... On our podcast. Where did you get that thing? You don't want to know the honest answer? Player's choice. <laughs> Many years ago. Yeah, it was a Christmas present. Ryan's dangling a, a Pavel Bure bobblehead. Not just... Like an old school vintage all-star jersey, if I'm correct. I have this jersey, too. I love it. What is that? What, oh, that's Florida. So that would have been no, like 98 or something Colorado. Like this is 01. I have the Toronto one because they use oh. the same jersey two years in a row. Which is actually weird because they don't do that anymore. But Pavel Burry, special guest, PP1 podcast. Pav. Passers wide open, gets the puck, tours! That's the only reason I do these podcasts is so I can hear all those amazing things about myself. So thanks for having me, and uh, now I'm signing off. I am. Uh... Honor, thrilled. This is uh, one of the greatest achievements of my life. I literally, I, I, I showered and I combed my hair for you. <laughs> really appreciate that. Welcome, everybody, to episode 69 nice, of the PP1 podcast, proudly, proudly presented by our champion sponsor, Owner's Box, and our very good friends, Players' Choice Sports, Cards and Collectibles. This is a very big episode. Um, I mean, it's not monumental by any means. We're not number 100. It's not number 50. There's nothing big 
actually going on, but we decided let's have a little bit of fun. If you guys know about Players' Choice, um, they've they've got quite a, a history with uh, the Soixante Neuf. Um, if you follow their auctions, but first and foremost, um, let's do around the the horn. It's kind of a short horn this week, Brady. I it's think. more like we're just playing catch, right? I mean, if yeah. it's so don't drop the just ball. You and I. Yeah. How you doing, buddy? Good. Yeah. Good. Good to get it all in on the week. I'm on vacation right now, so I'd sneak into the office, get this episode done, bang it out midweek kind of deal. It's kind of fun to get in. I like it. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, I have uh, this and next week up till noon on Christmas Eve. And then it's all noon time. on Christmas Eve. And then you have to go back to work? No, no, no. Then I leave oh. work and then I'm done. Oh, oh then I see. I'm done till the new year. So very much looking That's good. forward to that. Very much looking I'm, forward I'm to done. that. I'm done now until the 4th. What are you doing? I don't know. Not much. So like Christy's still working. Obviously the kids are still in school until next week, right? That doesn't explain till, why. Till, till Friday. So I'm not doing, I'm not doing much. I think I'm going to, I'm going to build some, some frames and some shelving and stuff like that over at the, uh, at the shop. But other than that, man, I think I'm just prepping for Christmas all by my lonesome at the moment. So if you've got all this time, right? Just all me and the dog. Yeah. Um, so why don't you answer my texts? Cause I'm busy chilling. Okay. That's, that's a good answer i'll give you that i'll give you that um let's do a little quick rundown for this week there's there's stuff to talk about there's not stuff to talk about then there's stuff to talk about um our boy hoglander is uh doing dirty dangles out in the shl looks like he's extending his stay for at least another game um we're gonna talk about some training camp stuff Braden Holtby's new mask and old mask now. Um, basically, everybody that is hopefully reporting to Vancouver, the Michael Furlan situation. Pedersen's ranking, Hughes' ranking, the Canucks or the NHL revealing their Canucks' top three questions. What Benning's thinking about with Travis Green and the future of this team, depth, mm. those kind of things. And the Orca logo. And because I teased it, I'm going to tell you. We have a wicked, a wicked gift from Players Choice Sports. Um, they they outdid themselves. I was not expecting uh, what I'm about to give away. Um, we'll drop it a little bit later, maybe after our owner's box read as well, um, folks. Like you got to listen to the whole thing. You got to listen to the whole thing because we're going to reveal how to win it at the very end. But we're not going to tell you what minute. So you got to watch and you got to listen the whole thing. Yeah, you can't just you can't just fast forward to the very end and. And I forgot, we are presented and sponsored by Owner's Box and Player's Choice, but we are on, proudly, the Dean Blundell Network. There are big things going on, Dean Blundell Network. Um, mm-hmm. We've got, I heard there's a big uh, big hoopla, big uh, big town hall, I think, is coming in the next little bit. So uh, we'll find out. Uh, when yeah, when is that? When are, we, when are we ready for that? I'm not sure, but we will know very soon. And you will know soon of what awesome things are going to be going on. So... Um, very exciting. PV1 podcast. We're going places. We are going places, even though we're not. We're doing going, it. Even though we're not going anywhere at all. So, Ted, what? Uh, before we get going, what are you drinking? Mm. What is mm. that? It's a, it's a Longwood Brewery. So I don't know if anybody is familiar with Longwood, but no. yeah, Longwood Longwood Brewery's got this this stout out right now, and it's called Cake. Okay. And it's uh, it's what you think it is. 
It's a very cakey stout, but it's oh, dark chocolate and raspberry. So Dang. it's like it has that that chocolatey that that bitterness from the dark chocolate, and then it's got like the tartness from the raspberry. All in your classic stout, which is kind of my jam. So super good. But I see you're drinking some you know some what? solidness over there too. I've gone back to the well. This is the final can in my four pack from Russell Brewing. It's their chocolate hazelnut milk stout. We're not getting paid by these guys. Maybe we will. Maybe they'll start sending us some beer. I've been tagging them all over the place <laughs> on Instagram. But this is a good beer. This is a really good beer. And I forgot. You can really taste the hazelnut in that one, too. Yeah, I like that one a absolutely. lot. absolutely. Good aftertaste. Um, I totally forgot. They make one of my other favorite beers. Um, the Wee, what is, I want to say it right. The Wee The Wee Heavy. The Angry Scotch Ale. That, yeah. that, that's a piece of work right there. I the the Wee Heavy. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. Comes in a nice little bomber, so you're good to go on that. So, um, mm-hmm. anyway, beer talk. Good call it. Let's talk about some Canucks. Did you, did you see Niels Hoglander's little, uh, how you doing, little Merrick Malik? Um, in game, not a shootout, not a shootout. In game, amazing forecheck. Basically, undresses the entire defense over in Sweden earlier this week. Or was it mm-hmm. late last week? I can't remember. Probably late last week. It just feels like it was yesterday. Um, and then he scores this goal that had everyone in North America talking that day. Walk me through your feelings on this. So I, I still have not seen the goal. I read about it. What? But yeah. Do so maybe you can walk me through. Maybe you can walk me through what you saw visually. Um, yeah. And then obviously I enjoy breaking down his play because he's he's an exciting player, but he brings some 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 NHL caliber traits, um, so to speak, that, that are definitely going to help this club out in the future. He's doing this in-game, though. I think that's yeah. the crazy thing. Like, everybody's saying, well, you're not going to be able to pull that off in a game. He's been doing, like, how many lacrosse goals has he attempted in the last calendar year? I think four? Three from behind the net and one from the side of the net. And then, yeah. and then he goes and absolutely like it was one of those shock the world things where you're thinking there's no way that this guy is pulling this off against men in a game and he made it look so i'm just trying to find it here he made it look so easy though like just his control and just it's the kind of thing like there's people that can't even do that in a video game and he's doing (laughs) it in like i can't he's doing it in real life and he's it's just like just to have the wherewithal. I remember like Pavel used to do these things, right? Right, Pavel? Yes, you remember doing these things. It's a bobblehead. That's why this is funny. Um, it's a shtick I may have for the rest of the episode. <laughs> um, but like I remember Burry doing that on Pot Van, and I'm thinking like again, I was what ten or eleven, and like you're shaking your head. This guy's pulling it off in, you know, the highest possible point of a game. Like the pl- at that point, it was the playoffs. This was the Western Conference Final. And a guy like Pavel Burry is just absolutely wrecking like any semblance of reality. And then, uh, do you see this Hoglander goal? I just I seen it now. Yeah. I mean, walk me through your feeling right now. Well, it's it's obviously it's big ice, right? But the defender, you know, goes to make a play behind the net to the right of the goalie. Yeah. And Hoglander's there in like an instant, right? So he. He's, I've seen him do this a couple of times. So he almost sneaks up on guys, right? He's like, he kind of a creep. People don't seem to know that he's there. 
Um, but he's better on the walls than I think people give him credit for. And he's a stocky sort of fire hydrant built type guy. Um, but he gets in there on this defender who obviously isn't over his head. Defender's on his backhand, so he's going to have trouble making the play up to the forward sitting on the half wall. Nils just kind of swoops in, lifts his stick super calm and casually. Um, and before you know it, he's up on the half wall himself, gets into the dock, uh, into the dot, comes back. He's left-handed, obviously, so puts his stick between his legs, a la Merrick Malik, like you just referenced there, uh, and then goes top shelf, opposite left-hand corner, um, because the goalie's moving in the wrong direction. So, and... Oh, geez. Yeah, I just saw it again. So, so it's just so nice, right? I mean, the, the amount of poise that it takes to pull off a goal like this, um, obviously the, the, the high quality forechecking that's going on because he's in there with a high motor kind of reminds me of, um, this might be going back a bit, but he kind of reminds me a little bit of Tony Amante, right? I mean, okay. Yeah. Amante just never stopped skating. Right. So Nils looks the whole, like looks the same way when he's, when he's, on the wall he's just he's constantly hustling he's constantly going he's not the biggest player obviously he's not going to be the most physical but he's he's like a gnat he's sitting there he's always annoying you right so I think he he brings that that trait of a good high-end four checker in, and I don't know what that means and what that equates to defensively for him in the opposite zone um you know but he's there but then again to have the poise to pull this move off but you've just you've alluded to it earlier and he's already tried to pull this move or not this move specifically but he's pulled you know the the Svechnikov goals the 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 Michigan goals from behind the net with with the ability to just try it right like he's got the chops he knows he can do it it might not always work but he's going to go ahead and try to pull it off anyways yeah and not to the detriment of a team to try to do something like this too right so uh I know uh that a lot of players are going to try moves like this and coaches are probably going to give them holy hell shit for something like this right so I hope that this type of stuff doesn't get coached out of him when he makes his way over to pro hockey in, in North America. Um, but I mean, if he gets time and space, I could definitely envision seeing him doing stuff like this in the future. And I hope because we haven't had this level of like razzle dazzle in a while. I mean, PD does stuff like this, right? The twins have been known to do stuff like this, been able to play the, the puck to themselves behind the net off the bounce pass to themselves type things. Right. But to just have a dude on your team that just, can go full Danglesaurus Rex on somebody. We, we badly need this. I mean, just so exciting. It's a little more cocky too. Like you look at what yeah. Patterson did and he has, he had a bit of the cockiness, but maybe it's even a little bit more flash, little, like a little more show. I think Patterson had that, but I think Niels is more known for this now. Now, the one thing, first of all, I think based on how this last week has gone for him and who knows what's going to happen his next game before he comes back to Vancouver I'm going to take an early victory lap on last week after you guys kind of poo-pooed him on, I don't know if he's going to make it. I am still high on this guy. And I think what he did – now, here's here's why I think this, and this is why I'm going to be patting myself on the back because I deserve it. Um, <laughs> I'm very humble, as you can tell. The A play like that just shows that he's willing – to create more offense. He's willing to finish something that maybe wasn't there. Because, I mean, if he doesn't pull that move off, he's going to probably have to go backhand. He might get, you know, defended a little bit differently. He could have scored that goal backhand, too. That's the ridiculous He, he probably could have. But, I mean, then that changes everything, too, right? Like, it changes how that play might have ended. I think he's creating something before maybe that play goes into a little bit of trouble. I just see him, if, if he's given that proper opportunity... I mean, he's he has to get into a game or something, and I'm not sure 
what that looks like exactly or how soon. But for the amount of creativity that is on this team already, um, mostly I would say, and I would not be surprised if he got kind of the, you know, the golden ticket for at least a game or half a game with Petey and Miller. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but we also thought Jake Vertanen on that line was ridiculous too. And that's most likely going to happen. Why not see what he can do with basically all the tools? You're, you're given one game to have all the tools available to you. And I, I know it's a shortened season, so games do mean a lot more. Points are going to mm-hmm. be way more valuable. But I mean, if, if you know that there is a chance that you can create some kind of magic there, we've talked about this. I think everybody's talked about this. You don't put a, a star player or a scoring winger or you know um, a valuable playmaking center on the fourth line on his call-up. You want to put him with like talent. And even though he's not going to come on this team and instantly be a top six winger, I think he does, at the very least, this kind of talent that we're seeing, because Travis Green has proven that he will give the young guys a chance, why not give him one game to at least show what he could what he can do in the NHL? And I mean, it could go horribly wrong. At the same time, we might see that one little flash in the pan where we think, there's going to be more of this, but at least we know it can work. Are we going to get preseason games? What's do we know no. what's happening with that? I think we're just jumping right into the I season. I think it's training camp and games. Yeah, I mean, he's going to have to show what what he can do in training camp. I think I don't think anybody doubts his skill level. I mean, no. you're 100 percent right. I mean, if you bring up a Zach McEwen mm-hmm. for the first time, you're deploying him as a bottom six winger, right? You bring in, and we were critical of this before, you bring in a Nikolai Goldobin, you're deploying him as a top six winger, right? So Hoaglander's kind of in the same boat here, right? I mean, he has to be deployed with top six skill because he is a top, he projects as a top six winger, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm 100% on board with that. I think the problem lies in you got to get by Brock Besser. You have to... Um, probably move past a, a Tanner Pearson. Uh, you know, Jake Vertanen's been known to play on that side as well. Uh, I think there's there's more steady. I'm not saying better offensively, but I'm saying more steady veteran presence wingers that exist in, in those positions that's going to work against Nils Hoglander, right? Oh, yeah. So I I'm think, saying one game, though. That's all. I'm, I'm not yeah, I'm not. Saying it's very long, possible. Long it's very possible that he gets one game. Does one game made, mean he made it, though? Like, I no. I, I, I don't think I want to see this guy play for a string of games. Maybe that comes in an injury at some point. Sure. Uh, that I'm not sure, but I, I think part of the problem why he's not going to exist on a line with Miller uh, and, and Pedersen is I think that we're, we're in for a, a Brock Besser bounce back season. Oh, I'm still hoping for that. Yeah. So I don't, and it, again, it has less to do with what's going on that, that Nils is in charge of and, and what he has control of and more to do with what a, a veteran presence involves and who's having a bounce back season and, and just Travis Green's tendencies, right? I'm, I, out of everybody, I'm with you 100%. I want to see Nils Hoaglander make this team. I want to see youth prevail. I'm just sort of playing, I'm playing the long game with this projection. That's all. 100%. So, and again, because we can talk about these things, let's say Brock Besser this is his bounce back here. He's had some mm-hmm. time to rehab any injuries that may have been still nagging on him. And he starts getting that shot back. And maybe the lotto line gets reunited. 
Then you've got your second line. So now, essentially, you've got Bo, you've got Rooster, and you've got uh, Vertanen. The way Roussel played to end the playoffs, he definitely wasn't... Uh, Do you think this second line is going to be Bo, Roussel, and Vertanen? I don't. I'm just oh. I'm just kind of throwing this out there for this conversation. Yeah, throw that out. So, yeah, it's not going to happen. I'm just saying, <laughs> based on kind of how everything started last year... Um, that that's kind of how I would see that. That being said, there's going to be an injury because it's the Canucks and because it's a shortened season and mm-hmm. even a training camp can't prepare you. Like look at the NFL, perfect example of how many guys are dropping. Um, MLB, same thing. Like people are going to be pulling hamstrings. There's going to be it just conditioning issues really because no one really can go hardcore yet. So I, I see him. I, I just see a fit potentially with even Bo if if Besser gets going again. Because I think just the way that he does kind of grind in the offensive zone and how Bo, Bo kind of gets into those dirty areas, I can see two of them kind of dogging it. And again, it's it's creating offense. So anyway, that's 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 my two yeah, cents. Th- that on. would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. I think that what a luxury to have, uh, you know, a wild card or a lottery ticket. Sorry for the pun there, but a lottery ticket sitting in your sort of your, 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 your taxi squad, your black ace squad to plunk in there. If an injury does take place, right? I mean, boom, top six wingers, top six wingers hurt. Top six winger is underperforming, slouching a little bit. You can go back to the well and go up and put out a guy like Josh Bailey or something like that. Yeah. Or you can be like, Hey, why don't we just ring the bell and try to see if we can insert a Nils Hoaglander into the spot and see what he does. Yeah. That's a great thing to have because some teams won't have that luxury. I think that's awesome. I mean, Colin's going to obviously get an opportunity there too. I just think, again, there is, um, there's a hot ticket that is mm-hmm. sitting there. And I think you've got something that, again, right now he is kind of all the rage in the SHL. And I think bringing him over, if you can ride a bit of that hot streak, and it's probably going to be to begin the season if, if that all kind of happens. I don't see that happening, you know, around March. But I, I do see it happening. So again, I'm yeah. Not... He's, he's he's been a little streaky, anyways, right? Oh, so yeah. if he's if he's hot in practice and 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 everybody's out there, you know, everybody wants a piece of that of Hoaglander's stick, right? I mean, and he's playing like that. Why not ride him through a hot streak and and throw him out there for a week and a half worth of games or whatever? And if he starts to peter out, no big deal. You got other reliable sources that you can go back to. You can go back to the well a little bit. Um, so that's that's going to be a that's going to be a, a yeah that's going to be a really fun piece. I like that idea a lot. So unreliable pieces right now. Uh, Michael, did you Furley. see real quick here? Yes. Just you talking about Cole Lind. Yeah, I, I can't remember if it was the uh, the Team Ten Forty guys or or who it was. They did a projection of of what players were going to be selected by Seattle okay. in the expansion draft, and yeah. Cole Lind's name came up no in that. Kidding. Holtby was obviously a a popular name that that was brought up for expansion, but but Cole Cole Lynn's name came up, which means he's going to play some games this year based on that projection. I wonder if they protect him though. Yeah, I, I don't think, know. I think they do. Um, Michael Furland, as of today, is still, uh, as Jim Benning says, he would be unlikely to start the season. Mm-hmm. Um, we've all assumed this, but until the official physical happens, and which he probably fails, unfortunately. Um, that does create cap space 
but they still need other stuff to go right as well for them to, if they were to go sign a Hoffman or somebody. Um, they have a lot of candidates in-house that I think can take that. Maybe this is a year where they do have a little bit more of a youth injection on this team. But, uh, you know, knowing that Michael Furland probably isn't going to be starting this season, um, there, there's been, I guess, talk for a different position, Travis Hamanick, the Canucks have, I guess, been rumored to be going after or people think they should go after. What I don't get on... Oh, shoot. I can't even hear myself. There we go. Um, what I don't get is, if you're going to go after a guy like Travis Hamanick, you kind of have to go after him for one year on an absolute sweetheart deal. Yeah. So at that point, my question would be, do you not have anybody on this team or two people that can accommodate that one spot, whether you're sixth and seventh man defenders or eighth even, do you not have guys that can do that for pennies on the dollar for one season while you're figuring things out? Like, do you not think Olu Levy, Brogan Rafferty, Jack Rathbone, um, what's his pickle? Who's the other guy I'm thinking about? I mean, there's there's other guys, they, right? I mean, like there's four there's, guys. There's there's a, there's, there's Ashton Sautner. There's there's uh, there's Breezebois, there's Chatfeld, there's, I mean, there's a bunch of guys that can play in that bottom role. Um, not to mention, like you said, um, Rathbone and Rafferty are going to be right there too, right? So there's three, there's three guys who we feel like have pro ability to play. Yeah. The Canucks are really high on, on what Yolevi has done in the last little while. Um, you know, and, and, and Quinn Hughes coming in and showing what he did out of college playing against men has lit a fire under Rathbone because now he feels that he can do things in the NHL that maybe he didn't think was possible before. So I don't know. I don't really like the idea of, of getting a Travis. He better be cheap. But I'm saying even if he was, here's, this is my rant. If you will, he better be cheap. Yeah. But even if he's cheap, Ted, even if he's a million dollars, if you get him for whatever that absolute minimum is where you can bury him in the minors, as far as cap hit, not him actually, because there is no minors this year. Why bother? Why even make that move when you have guys that you're saying have an opportunity to make this team or at least try to make an impact? What would be the point of bringing him in? I know he wants to play on the West Coast and he would like to play for the Canucks, but what would be the point? What is the absolute benefit of bringing in a guy when you still don't know what you have in Brogan Rafferty? You're starting to see that Ole Ulevi might actually pan out. Um, and again, mm-hmm. Jack Rathbone, we're going to bring up. Those are three guys, and we can keep harping on these three players. But there is a lot of potential in those three players, and they cost nothing. So why go after a new player? Why muddy the waters anymore when you already have a team that like, you need to figure some things out? But you, you have some guys that have absolutely earned an opportunity and you can cycle any one of those three guys in there and play around, and you're under a cap hit. You can worry about spending that money elsewhere. It just, to me, it, it's crazy talk. Yeah, it just means that if they're if they're really serious about bringing in a, a guy like like Travis Hamanick, it means that they don't think that their guys are ready for primetime minutes. Why else? Why else would you do it? I mean, if they if even if they did think they're ready, it means that they feel that Hamanick is an upgrade. Because they're not shuttling Hamannick back and forth as a seventh defenseman, they're bringing him in to start, right? Right. 
I said the same thing about, about Braden Holpe, right? You're not bringing Braden Holpe in to be your backup at $4 million. That's not how it works. And you're bringing him into You're bringing starts. him into challenge for a starter spot, for sure. period. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. Right. If, if, I mean, I've, again, I would, I'm, I'm fine to be proven wrong on this, but if you're bringing in Travis Hamanick, he of his 12, 19, 11, and 14 points in the last four years, not a high-end defenseman, you're thinking that he can play somewhere in your top six and you're bringing him in to say that's your spot because you don't bring in a veteran with that many years under his belt. What's he played here? He's played nine years, seven years. So do, then do you move uh, Jordy Ben? Because like that's the guy that's, that's to me, spot, that's your right? seventh defenseman. Yeah. Right. That's, that's the guy that I'm okay with having not rot. I don't want to say this about Jordy Ben. He's, he's a serviceable player. He can play, probably has value in a trade to some team in the NHL, right? Um, but I don't feel bad about about sitting a, a Jordy Ben as a seventh defenseman, as bad as I would feel about sitting a Brogan Rafferty game after game after game after game, or a, or a Rathbone game after game after game, right? Because I I know that that a Ben can come in in a pinch and play and not have to worry about it. And we know what we have him, but he's not developing anymore, right? Yeah. But you don't want to stunt a young player's development, making them a seventh defenseman. And if they're bringing in a Travis Hamanick, they probably have Hamanick slated above Ben, which even pushes a Rafferty and a, and a, and a Rathbone and a Chatfeld even further down the list. I, I mean, the guy is, I mean, he was a, one of those hard-nosed sort of BXA style defensemen, right? But with less offense where he could play you tough and, and hit and fight and do a little bit of everything. Right. But he's not, I mean, he's not a high end Corsi player, right? I mean, he's had some decent seasons. He's, he's controlling last year about just under half. Right. I mean, had a decent season before that at like 53.5%. But I mean, it's, it's not like he's moving the needle a whole ton. So if you're going to get him in here, he's got to be cheap. And I'm fine with us having a better decor moving forward, only if they feel that he really is better than the other guys and they're not going to move the needle for us. Do you think it's just so then they're not exposing a guy if they're getting thrown to the wolves this season where you've got a younger defense that might be, you know, that experience is just, you know, get a few extra games under your belt before we really throw you in there? Or again, I mean, I know not every player is like Quinn Hughes because obviously there are zero, yeah. zero comparables aside from maybe McCarr. Um, but I, I again, I just think it muddies the waters when you throw in another name like that, especially when they're not focusing on signing their coach. Like they've signed now two guys, uh, Gravac um, and Chaffield. They've they've signed, you know, they've thrown out new money, and yet they still haven't signed, you know, Travis Green. I'll tell you what, I'm I'm less concerned about them wanting to bring in a solid veteran to challenge for a spot because best players should win. Mm-hmm. And I'm more concerned about it being Travis Hamannick. Fair enough. And I don't, again, that, that concern comes from how much they're going to have to pay him. Right. Do I, I certainly don't want to see all of, all of Michael Ferland's money go to Hamannick. No. Right. I mean, that's the kind of shit that I'm worried about. I'm fine with them bringing in guys uh, for the sake of competition. I don't, I don't think that, you know, if we're going to use those three names, Rafferty, Rathbone, and you'll levy. Yeah. If we're going to use those three names as the guys who have the shot to win this thing, I'm fine with throwing one more name into the mix and saying, Hey, bring your best shit to camp or you're not playing. 
because somebody's going to bring their best shit and that's what we want. Right. I can deal with that. So that would be my, that would be my only, my, my flip on that. You and your voice of reason. I hate you. I hate, I hate how you do this to me all the time. Like, yeah, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to, you know, I'll hear you out, but here's why you may be wrong. And you don't say that, but you convince me that I am. <laughs> I don't know if I'm convincing you that you I'm do. wrong. I'm just trying to see, I'm trying to see the perspective for why you would go after another veteran defenseman. Yeah. Anyway, that, that's, that, that's how I feel. I, I mean, who knows, maybe they bring him in and, Again, having you're right, having that sixth, seventh defenseman ends up being beneficial. I mean, if they do make the playoffs in the Canadian division, defense is probably the one position that gets worn out the most. So the more the merrier, I suppose. Yeah, when I when I look at his numbers here, he's like more serviceable than I thought. There's just not a lot of points there, but that's not but I mean that's nineteen not be po- his role. nineteen points as a sixth defenseman. Jeez. Yeah, it would it would come down to what his obviously we know what his role is gonna be. It would come down to um, it would come down to how much he's, he's going to get paid. The, the one thing that Hamannick has working for him is that he's a right shot defender. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get that. I do. Like, I understand why they would bring him. I do understand why they bring him in. My thought process, like I said, is... Muddy the water. Yeah. So, you know, do I have to reiterate this? I, get, what's the I got list? you. What are we going to label this episode? Muddying the waters. Um. But speaking of, uh, we're not speaking of it. Um, I don't, there's no good way to transition this, so I'm just gonna make it fun. Next and, segment. Next segment. Braden Holpe is has been welcomed to Vancouver, <laughs> in a in like a pretty weird way. Yeah. I would say, you know what though, it's not. When you really think about it, this is typical welcome to Vancouver, and in the cancel culture, you know, virtue signaling, um, 2020 that we're in. Um, very fitting, actually, that Braden Holtby tries to do something what good, and I, I'm still astonished that it absolutely backfired. So he got a new mask. This is what we're talking about. Braden Holtby got a new mask um, designed by Dave Gunnarsson. Um, I believe he still lives in Sweden, but he is a Swedish uh, uh, mask designer. He's done uh, fantastic. Eddie, him and Eddie Lack go way back. All the good stuff, yeah. Um, you can go on his site, his Instagram. The guy is aces for days. Um, when I did my um, my little series at the beginning of the pandemic on kind of behind the goalie mask interviewing goalies, I had Eddie Lack, I had McLean and uh, Corey Hirsch, John, John Garrett, a few guys. It was fun. It was a ton of fun. Um, I might try to release those maybe at some point as interviews. Um, but, uh, you know, a few of those guys had Dave Gunnarsson, amazing designer. He's up there, you know, with the best, right? Um, he's, the, he's the cream of the crop, in my opinion. Like, I mean, he is he is the premier mask designer, in my opinion, in okay. the NHL right okay. now. So he designs a mask with Holtby, and they, they kind of, he was kind of explaining, like, kind of to go to the heritage of, like, the Thunderbird. We, you know, it... It kind of resembled like the Seattle Thunderbirds logo a little bit, like that uh, that native uh, like Thunderbird, like you would see on like a totem pole or something on top of the mask, right? Like very I, I, very Pacific Northwest. Yeah. yeah, like it it I didn't think it was like the greatest mask I've ever seen, but I got it. It made sense and it looked pretty decent. And it's a goalie mask to each throne. They all have different styles and tastes and you know whatever. And that was just the beginning. Then. It all fell apart. Mm-hmm. It all fell apart. Twitter did what Twitter did, and uh, 
Braden Holtby's mask got canceled within a day. Yeah. What the heck? So it goes from trying to do a good thing and embracing this new city that he's moving to with a ton of um, mm-hmm. cultural um, references all around us, right? Uh, and next thing you know, this mask is being signaled as cultural appropriation. Um and that he should have had an indigenous um, artist design this mask, and so on and so forth. Uh, it's such everything just seems to be such a slippery slope this year. Um, this year specifically, I think we're all edgy because yeah. we don't have anything else to do, anything else to talk about. But I just find like people are looking for something to pick apart and absolutely destroy, and I just. There's so many things out there. It's like everybody's trying to, and I'm going to use this word, but like purify the world. Well, the world's a pretty ugly pace, folks. I'm sorry. Um, Nothing is perfect out there. We're doing the best we can. And sometimes people are trying to make this a better place. And you can't look for the absolute worst in every single situation. In this case, they did. And Holtby ends up apologizing for this mask that was designed and realized that he was, you know, maybe he didn't put as much thought into this, of the whole situation as need to be. And I believe now he is, um, he's, uh, I guess sought like some, an artist to potentially help, um, design this next mask. So like, what do you think about this? Hey, it's Ryan from the PP one podcast on crier media. If you're looking for a spot to advertise your company, your brand, your cheese wheel, some beer, maybe some donuts, this is the spot. Reach out to me via DM on Twitter or Instagram at always94, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Worst case scenario, we just become best friends. And how awesome does that sound? Um, yeah, I think it is sticky, right? I mean, they're... Uh, I think where cancel culture became a, a big thing this year, obviously race has been uh, a huge topic, a major hot button issue. Um, and that's a good thing, right? I mean, oh, absolutely. it has to be, yeah, it has to be brought to attention. I don't doubt that you don't think it's a good thing. I'm not going there. Don't worry. Um, but with it being, you know, with it being a new norm, which thank God it is becoming a new norm there, there is some growth that needs to happen there, right? There, there probably has to be some growth from, from people who are seeing appropriation um, and how they're dealing with it and how they're teaching perspective to um, people who have been on the other side of it, doling it out for the last little while, right? Yeah. And if they're thinking about somebody like Holpi, who maybe has an open mind to something like, uh, you know, like racial issues and things like that, uh, that we're going to need to be more sensitive with people in, in helping them understand, especially if they're, they are on the same side, they're, 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 they're in the right fight. Right. Yeah. Um, because there is so many people out here who are on the wrong side of things or the wrong fight. Um, and it's tough sometimes, I guess, to recognize, um, you know, who is and who isn't. So, uh, maybe you get, maybe they just blast everybody, um, for that reason, because it's been, you know, centuries of having to deal with stuff like that. So there's no way that I can, I can, I mean, I can understand everything that they've gone through, obviously, right? But I think what happened, obviously, is that Holpe had, you know, he had his, uh, his heart in the right place with trying to design a, a cool mask. I've, I've heard from, you know, a lot of 
uh, you know, native people, um, first nations, people on, on Twitter who, who have said like, you know, I'm first nations. I think this mask is dope. Like people need to calm the hell down. Right. And then I've heard the other side of it. We're like, this is, you know, cultural appropriation. It's racist. You're taking the money out of, out of a, a potential first nations, um, person's pocket. You're taking money. Um, Keep going. Sorry, my computer just crapped out. Oh, that's right. um, yeah. So, like, you're taking money out of somebody else's pocket who needs to needs to benefit from this, and you you commissioned an artist who didn't know anything about any. So, probably the right way to go about doing this probably would have been for you know Holtby to express that this is the way that he wanted to go, and these are the thoughts that he had in his mind. But probably the right call right off the bat would have been to you know consult a First Nations artist and to to maybe go through this with them on that perspective before you get the okay to release something like this. And, you know, another one of the areas that gets a lot of, um, a lot of friction sometimes is, is something like, like tattoo artists, right? I mean, uh, like I'm a Polynesian person. We've talked a lot about like, Hey, if you're going to get a Polynesian tattoo, you need to get it done by a Polynesian artist. Right. And if you're not a Polynesian person, you can't get this tattoo. Um, so the worst thing you can be is a white person getting a Polynesian tattoo from a white tattoo artist. But I mean, the one, the, the artist who did mine was not Polynesian. It was just a, an artist that I respect, but does that, am I, you know, am I racist towards Polynesian people because I got a Polynesian tattoo from, from a white artist? No, but I am Polynesian. So it, it could, could perspectively be okay. Right. So, sure. but it seems like a bit of a gray area. Like I don't know the correct answer to this. Right. So, um, and I think that it's going to be difficult for us to decide what's right and what's wrong moving into the future for things like this. Right. And I don't think Holpe fought it at all. He was just like, yo, look, I, I didn't realize, uh, you know, I am, I, I am on the right side of this and I didn't know that it needed to be done this way. And I want to do it the correct way. And all he did was say, sorry, you know, that's all you can do. I'm sorry. Uh, we went the wrong way with this and I'm going to make sure that I go about doing it the right way. And, and we're not seeing a ton of waves from this mask past that. Yeah. I mean, he said it, it's done, it's over. There's not a big fight happening over it. I mean, ultimately, it is, it is uh, an entire people, an entire nation's artwork. Um, and he, if he wants to do right by it, he's going to do right by it. And if they want him to do right by it, they will do right by it. But that led us right into the, or, uh, right into the, the Canucks logo conversation. I was going to say, and then there was that. So my, my two cents on this, when that whole thing came up on how the Canucks logo is cultural appropriation, first of all, I don't like that logo to begin with and has nothing to do with it. Like, I'm not trying to crap on anybody. I just think like that wasn't the logo we should have had. I think when we had the opportunity to have Johnny Canuck and they turned it down and then the Giants took it, which was the right answer. It was um, the right logo to that logo. Oh, was dope. It was perfect. And even the Giants logo, like that's, equally amazing um again seeing Todd Bertuzzi in that jersey just makes me feel warm <laughs> and fuzzy but you have an opportunity to do something or just even go back to the hockey stick or whatever and then they go with Orca Bay Sports and they basically put their brand on there now this is the longest running logo in team because it was Orca Bay's coloring too wasn't it it was, it was. a color scheme too yeah, yeah. yeah so I mean the seats in in Rogers Arena still reflect that even some of uh, their the fold up seats um, around like the concourse or um, in the media room, they're all still Orca Bay. So because you know Frank Chisquackley doesn't have any money, so 
he's not going to upgrade those those ugly ugly maroon seats but like the logo i still remember the day it came out i'm like what what it where's the Canucks? well where's the canucks logo i think it was like the draft or something because i don't I, I don't remember the exact time it changed and i was like wait 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 where are the where are the canucks and like oh that that's their new logo sit what that well even the old canucks logo was like where are the canucks but you knew what it was and even the old old canucks logo was like where are the canucks but like you're right i i guess you're right every time they change it's just what where what is this where are we but that that orca c when it came out i just remember like it took me it took me probably a good month to really embrace that as the logo and just know that that was my team still because it just didn't feel right. And I mean, Burray was still there. So I'm like, okay, I see him in a game and I think I'll be able to to make this transition. And it just, it, it took a while for me. So fast forward, you know, 20 plus years. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, 90, yeah, 98, uh, yeah, 20 years. Um, and within a week, everybody, there's a, a group, I'm not going to say everybody, a group of people that are like, nope, we got to get rid of the Orca. I agree. We do have to get rid of the Orca. Yeah, but, but the Orca thing came reason. up because, yeah, the, the Orca thing came from the Holpe thing. Yes, yes. And Sean Carlton tweeted out that, like, you know, basically in light of, of us listening to to Cleveland talking about switching out the that t- the terrible Indians moniker and, yeah. and team name and that, that red face logo. Yeah you know, Washington moving away from the Redskins thing, also terrible. Yeah. Um, Edmonton dropping the Eskimos thing, also terrible. Um, I heard they might be going to the Elks. Did you hear this? I mean, Sorry, whatever. just side, side note, the Edmonton yeah. Elks. Like, no. So, anyway. uh, so them all getting rid of racist and appropriated Indigenous team logos, um, he basically said, like, I guess it's time for us to have a discussion about the Canucks logo. And I don't know if he was. It doesn't. I don't think he was saying it tug in cheek either. Yeah, I think. But he's basically, serious. it was like, here's the thread. Yeah. You know, we just had this conversation about Holpe's mask. Yeah. Uh, the Orca logo is done the the exact same way. So, guess it guess it's time to talk about this logo now. And Twitter went bonkers. Bananas. Bananas. Like we need to calm down a little bit. I think. I think we all need I think we all need Christmas really badly. <laughs> I think people need to just gather around, have some gifts, enjoy some eggnog if you're into that sort of thing. I am not. But just let's relax. Let's take our foot off of the pedal and just chill out. Yeah, like I don't think anything's getting done. I think Francesco tweeted that he doesn't think anything's getting done. Uh, I don't think this logo is going anywhere anytime soon. Apparently there was lots of consultation done with first nations before on this logo. And um, it seems like they, um, I can't remember who it was specifically. Yeah, um, they did their homework to start. Yeah. I can't remember who it was specifically. Oh, on behalf of the three nations host uh, basically tweeted out that they support the team and, and the work they've done and the relationship that they have. So there's probably one, one group of people here that are saying that they, that this is, you know, cultural appropriation. And then the other is saying that we, we support it. Yeah. And I, I don't know who, who knows, right. I, if, if it comes down to the logo, having to get redone insensitive me says that I don't really like this logo anyways. 
but if it's for the right reasons, I'm I'm fine with it switching out too. But then then just go back to the stick or the or the skate and get it over with. No, just do something proper. Those are both good ideas, Ted. <laughs> something proper. What's proper to you? What are the proper Canucks? is proper is the Johnny Canuck thing. It's the lumberjack. Okay, I don't Canuck, even know if we yeah. can do that. Does that logo owned by somebody else now? Ah, uh, maybe. I'm not probably. Sure. Um, let's go into an ad read. I finally wrote one for Owner's Box. You guys ready for this? You guys ready for the the world premiere of my Owner's Box ad? Because I'm ready. Tad, are you ready? Hit me. Okay. Owner's Box is the future of fantasy sports. They are the place for not, not daily, weekly fantasy. You can draft your favorite players in the NFL, currently, NBA, NHL, and next year, the MLB, to win real dollars you're drafting in real time potentially the day of the game you're accumulating points just like you would in any other fantasy league to climb up that championship ladder every single week invite your friends and have up to a 16 team league to crown the champion of champions until next week anyways sign up now get verified you gotta do a few things in there an owner's box for a limited time. A limited time. That's not every day. That's not going to be six months from now. A limited time only. They will match up to your first $500 deposit. So you put down 500 bucks. They give you 500 bucks. That's $1,000. Quick math. $250, they are going to match with $250. That's now $500. You put in $10, you got $20. Do the math, folks. You'll learn this in grade one. It's easy, easy money you get yourself started you can start winning real cash 500 free dollars if you're so inclined get in there at us at at ted at myself um i'm hank the tank capital h capital t capital t uh, <laughs> so i'm good at math i'm not good at spelling uh, and then ted is his his patented t three re you know you know the one we've went over it for weeks and weeks and weeks and let's get drafting folks and i guess the biggest question is what are you waiting for what do you think was that good yeah that's was that yeah good? Nice, nicely done i think i have a i think i have a future in this radio thing or maybe just podcasting then i i mean if you get in radio you gotta go to work and you gotta drive i like being here i can do this in my basement i am doing this in my basement it's just too easy you're living the dream right now. So, yeah, I am. Should we keep this yeah. going? Like, do you want to see what else we got to offer? Yeah, sure. Let's so, sp speaking of advertising, um, this is episode 69 of the PP1 podcast. Um, Player's Choice has hooked us up for the immediate future, eventually you, with a wicked swag bag to uh, start your Christmas off right, Canucks themed. Um if you watch Players' Choice, their auctions, usually Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, 7 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube, they have this little thing. They all start all their bids at a dollar. Every card, doesn't matter what it gets to, it starts at a dollar. One dollar, Bob. One dollar, Bob. But if it gets to a dollar over 68, that's 69. Everybody snickers because we're all immature. But if you what does that mean? What sixty nine mean? So when when they get if you win a bid with sixty nine dollars, it's a giving and receiving that we're doing right now. Um, if you win a bid with sixty nine dollars, they have what's called like a giggle pot because we all giggle and make 
rude jokes, whatever. But you win some really neat cards. Sometimes you get, I've seen like a Canuck one where you'd get maybe like a Naslin and a Bertuzzi and the Sedins, like a jersey card or signed stuff. They're, they give away extra stuff. It's kind of, you know, you invest in them, they invest in you. So it's a, it's a win-win. Everybody wins. You're winning a card you like, spending a bit of money. They're making a bit of money. They're going to give you some in return. Everybody wins. But for this fabled episode, folks, you're about to get some wicked stuff to start your Christmas. Now, we're going to have a contest, and we're going to announce uh, how you win this at the very end. It has something to do with Instagram, so you're going to want to pay attention. But let's go through these. Ted, I don't even think you've seen all these. Actually, no. I haven't even looked at these in, like, in depth. You are going to win, look at this, an Elias Pedersen fleece blanket or polyester or whatever. You know the type. Elias Patterson. He plays for the Canucks. He's really good. Look how warm. Yeah, I want that. Yeah. Well, enter the contest. I don't think you can win. but No, I won't do that. You're going to get a Canucks cozy to put your drink in. You're going to get, remember these things? Remember those? Oh, yeah. The Canucks freezer mug. Oh, and there's one more thing you're going to get. And these are pretty tough to come by because everything's selling out this year. You're going to get one of those bad boys. That's the kicker uh, right there. Per deck, Series 1, Collector Tin. You're getting the bonus pack because it's a Collector Tin. Um, three OPG glossy rookie cards inside, which is kind of like the preview for OPG Platinum. Um, that will come out later next year. Um, folks, this is sealed. You can look at it. This baby is sealed. I picked these up today. Player's Choice is hooking you up. with. We're not going to like piece this thing out. What's one of those tins normally go for, Ryan? <sighs> I think they're like 30 or 40 bucks. So like there's, what do we got? Eight cards for it. So there's, there's 10 packs plus um, a few of the little bonus. There's a bonus, so... You're getting 11 packs in there. So the thing is with, with these these uh, tins, like they don't last very long. And this this year's rookie crop is pretty decent. Um, obviously, you easily have a chance to get an Alexi Lafreniere in there. Um, and if you don't like them, you can flip them for like 350 bucks instantly. Um, but again, you're getting the Patterson blanket. You're getting the cozy. You're getting the mug. You're getting the tin. We want to give this away. How long are we going to do this for? We, we should try to... I mean, if it's local, we can definitely hook you up before Christmas, but it might take a little bit after. Um, so tune in. Player's Choice is definitely the place to get all of your sports memorabilia needs. It used to be Jersey City, but we're all gone. And they got nothing. So how are we... How are we what are the requirements to win this, Brian? How, how are we going to give them away? Well, I guess we should get into that. How about... Um, you follow you follow our uh, you follow our Instagram, the PP1 podcast, not PP1 mm-hmm. the. Um, you follow Players Choice on their Instagram as well. And what a tag, like one person? Yeah, tag a friend. Tag a friend on there. So let's you know they're sh- they're sharing with us. One so- friend is one entry. Every other friend you tag is multiple entries. I think that's fair. Um, and we'll run it for, I don't know what, one week, two weeks, maybe should we do it like till after Christmas and give it away after the break or what? 
Yeah, let's let's give it we'll give it a two week pump. So we'll hit it for this episode. We'll also hit it one more next week. And then just prior to the third episode, we'll be able to figure out who it was and we can announce who won. During our World Juniors uh, unveiling, I guess. Exactly. That way we don't have any commitments to get this thing to people in time for Christmas. Yeah, because I mean, I got stuff to do. So, I mean, again, folks, we're not piecing this out. You get the whole package. You get the whole package. Now, did I say I was going to deliver this week? I did. I said I was going to get us a special guest, and I said I was going to get us a wicked prize. And you know what? Because we're we're having some fun with the episode sixty nine and and uh, players' choice and their sixty nine uh, winning auction, I'm going to check in uh, an Apple gift card for for ten bucks. So it gets you. Maybe you can buy a movie on there. You can nux and chill. Nux and chill. I think you came up with that, but I want to be the the one that that makes it famous. Nuts and chill, folks. Start your new year the right way. You can have this EP blanket for the first Canucks game. You can be drinking your Russell or your, what was yours? What was your beer? Oh, it's Longwood. You can drink your Russell or your Longwood beer. You can have one of these beers. You got your Petey blanket. You're watching the Canucks. You're opening your hockey cards. Is there a better way to do it? No, there isn't. This is this is where magic happens, folks. This is where magic happens. And you know what? We're we're gonna make sure that you're happy. So and we got some other stuff coming, but that's in the new year. Um I think we've pretty much hit uh hit our quota for for the day, for the hour. Um any final thoughts to uh what's going on in the future leading up to Christmas? Any any final thoughts for you, Ted? I think just like the rest of you guys, I think I'm just excited for the NHL to finalize start dates for the season, uh, see some games get going here. I'm just as excited for the season start as I am for World Juniors. That's also going to be epic. I think there's a decent amount of Canucks that are involved in this year's World Juniors as well. So, um, yeah, man, I'm just excited just to start seeing, seeing hockey pop up again. Uh, you know, some of these, these, these top 10 lists that are coming out world junior pump excited lists that are coming out. So, uh, you know, with, with the winter and and Christmas, I always get that time of year feeling to, to wake up on boxing day, regardless of where the game's being played to watch the opening games. And I'm just as excited now as I was before. So, you know, what's awesome. It's Christmas day this year. Christmas. It's going to be a nice Christmas, Christmas day thing. Especially because everybody's going to be stuck. In yeah. their own homes, right? Exactly. So yeah. kids are opening their presents. You're paying attention because I, I don't, does Canada even play like 10 a.m.? Are they the first game or are they later? I'm not even sure. We'll I'm just going to be watching. We'll have to check this. But like you're sitting there. It's 10 a.m. Kids are opening their gifts. If you're a good parent, you can last that long. If you're really good at a sales job, you can get those late day presents. I don't even know who the lower bracketed teams are this year. Like, is it... Is it the Norway or is it Belarus, Kazakhstan? I'm in. I'm the Danes. Watching. Who made it? I don't even know. We'll I'm not. I don't even care. So when your kids are opening their presents, you can be watching World Juniors and thinking about uh, thinking about hockey coming back. It's such a good and I definitely will be. It's a good feeling. I love it. Um, I don't have much. My uh, Chelsea season is going well. I am definitely the front runner for for the the Calder. Um, Things are starting to come together for me. Goals are getting a little bit easier. Still, I owe you a hundred push-ups too. I think you. Oh, you, can, you tagged can me. I quickly? This is. We'll we'll end on this. 
Um, I tagged you and Sarah Ayers. She was uh, talking about how she had to do, uh, what did she say, 100 squats in like four and a half minutes. So she had a 65-pound uh, uh, bar, and she did uh, 100 squats because Dave was had a, like a heart monitor on her. Anyway, they're, they're a fit couple. Like, you mm-hmm. know, they've done okay. Those and, folks are in shape. No kidding. So anyway, I thought, that I could You got it to be an emergency backup goaltender. Yeah, he, it worked out well for him. So, yeah. you know, stick to your dreams, folks. You never know. Um, so I thought, I don't have, like, that that weight capacity in my my uh, my stable at home here. So I, 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 you know, I did a little bit less than that, about half. That's not the point. Um, but I thought, yeah, I can do the squats. So I did, I did the squats. And it was, like, life sucked after that. I mean, you take a few breaths in between, but... You try to crush it as quick as you can. So I did the squats. Then I thought, you know, is there something more? And you kind of challenged me to this, but I, I wasn't ready to do it. It took me a few days to, you know, man up. And uh, the 100 push-up challenge. So uh, in this very room on Saturday, I'm still recovering, by the way. <laughs> I decided to crush out 100 push-ups. And I did a little time-lapse video for Instagram. And it was awful. I got through the first 50 pretty decent, 60, 70, 80, 90, and then I took a massive breather, and then eventually 100, and I was toast. Absolutely <laughs> toast. My abs are still screaming, like, four days later. My, I, like, I still feel like my armpits, or what's, what's that little muscle there called? Because you're, you know. Your armpit muscle? This one right in the front. Yeah. What's that called? Is it delt or is it delt? Like that? Yeah, that that right there. Right beside your boob. The one on your boob is your pec, bud. So like right in the the armpit, the connector. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that still your boob? It's just your, uh, yeah. Okay. So those still hurt. Um, So I've tagged you and Sarah, and I have yet to see a reply. And I'm not the kind of guy that... Well, Sarah tagged you back saying like, uh, we're watching movies and I have my feet up. Oh, that was oh the UFC fights. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So I need to uh, I retagged you guys. So I need to see a response video. You're gonna probably do it in way less time than I did it. How long did it take you? It looked fast on the time lapse. Yeah, it did look fast on the time lapse. That's why it's a time lapse. <laughs> um, I would say it probably took me. I want to say like between seven and eight minutes to do approximately which is for me that is impressive like i used to be able to crush 50 once i started working out again um i I built up a a tolerance to do about 50 within reason within a couple minutes but it's now you're you're cruising along doing 100 of anything body weight is 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 really difficult so yeah i'll i'll i'm at 200 pounds i'll get to your challenge and i will i will post it and maybe i'll Maybe I'll tag somebody else and get somebody else going in this thing. You know what? Like, it's a rush. I'm not going to lie. Like, I was <laughs> exhausted. But, oh, man, it was like I was ready for it to be done. And I felt like I had accomplished something. So, I mean, if you're going to be stuck at home, do some stupid shit. Yeah, do some stupid shit. <laughs> like, why not? So, anyway, on behalf of my good buddy, Ted, Brady, who wasn't able to make it this week, we wish you well. I'm yeah. Ryan. Brady's not feeling well. He's under the weather today. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. He didn't tell me. Um, 
This is episode 69 of the PP1 podcast. The gift giving episode. The giving and receiving and the receiving and the giving episode with our guest host, Pavel Bure. Thanks for joining us. Peace out. Hi, I'm Matt Kundal, host of the Sound Off podcast, the podcast about broadcast. Every week since 2016, we've been bringing on broadcast leaders to talk about their experiences in radio, what they've seen, and where they believe it is all going. If you live and love radio, subscribe to the Sound Off Podcast with Matt Kundal wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, it's Dean Blundell here. Check out my show Monday through Friday at DeanBlundell.com. We stream live daily at 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, I'm joined by Lachlan Cross and a collection of guests to discuss tough topics mainstream media doesn't want to touch. And if you can't join us live, just download the podcast on your time. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and at DeanBlundell.com.